Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Strange familiars, how are you doing this fine morning, Allison? <laughs> I can tell the difference in your voice. We rarely record in the morning, and I really think I should because it gives me that extra testosterone boost. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> On tonight's show, I will be continuing my conversation with Everett, which we started last episode, and we get into more ghosts and this haunted house he was living in. I honestly don't know if it's the house that was haunted or was Everett himself haunted. Could it be both? It absolutely could be both. And then he tells the story of seeing this UFO kind of hovering over the highway. Another night where he was outside and heard something run by, and he said he just was able to look down the driveway and see it pass him. And he said, you know, it was huge. Was it some kind of huge blacker-than-black dog? Was it a dog man? You know, that's my least favorite word for any cryptid. Then some other UFOs, and then... Really, really interesting encounter with some kind of glowing-eyed entity, which sounded like Bigfoot, but then he goes back and describes the eyes, and it's just, I don't know, maybe just some kind of weird thing. Really, really interesting stories. Before we get going with the rest of my conversation with Everett, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for everything you do. Riddle me this, Allison. Yes? Could Strange Familiars exist without our patrons? Absolutely not. You are correct. <laughs> this week... We should be dropping the first patron show for November, and that's going to be another one of the paranormal ballad shows, continuing from Raina Dine. Last time this, this episode is, we're going to do two ballads, but the episode is called The Demon Lover. Some spookiness there. Mm -hmm. If you would like to hear that episode and every episode of Strange Familiars, you can become our patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We do two full extra episodes for our patrons every month. As I said earlier, I might take Thanksgiving week off this month, but I will not take off those two episodes for patrons. You will get those two exclusive episodes this month. At Patreon, there's all different levels of support. Whatever level you go in at, whether it's a t-shirt level or books level, you can get copies of my CDs as part of the, the support there. Whatever level you go in at, at Patreon, you get those extra episodes every month. Again, it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Patreon has 
monthly subscription options. They have yearly subscription options. But if you don't like the idea of a subscription and you still want to help us out, if you go to the show notes under any episode at strangefamiliars.com, you should see a paypal.me link. You can click on that and leave us a one-time donation. And as we occasionally say, everyone can help by leaving those nice five-star reviews wherever you're listening, whatever podcatcher you use or on YouTube, wherever it is, and by sharing the show with your friends, family, and all across social media. That was a very radio voice version of that. <laughs> it's easier to do radio voice. In, in the morning. In the, morning. <laughs> the Witch Cloud, episode 300, is available at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. That's the only place you're going to get it because when you buy the book, you get the download of the audio. The books might start shipping as soon as late this week, maybe early next week. If you got the book or the book and record set, we will start getting those in the mail pretty soon, and we will release the audio probably before Christmas. The release date on Bandcamp says Christmas, but once these books start shipping out, we might as well release the audio a little bit after that so people can have the book and audio together. That's episode 300, The Witch Cloud. The only way to get it is at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. There are links in the show notes. You can buy a set with a book, patch, and a sticker you can buy just the audio download if you want, but that's the only place to get it unless you're a patron and you want to wait about a year or so. We will release that audio to patrons in a year or so. Again, stonebreath.bandcamp.com is The Witch Cloud, episode 300. Okay, I've belabored this long enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get back to my conversation with Everett. Now things are starting to get crazy. Now I'm getting really worked up. I'm losing sleep bad. And I'm talking about it big time at work to the point they want to give me like a year analysis, really. They think I'm losing it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I had been there for so long. I told my director, we know I'm trying to make friends. Why would I come in and make this stuff up, you know? So I brought my laptop in and showed them some pictures I had taken, which I'll get to, but and he looked at the pictures, and that was all he needed. Because he knew I was no tech whiz at all. I could barely use a remote. So for me to take those pictures, he knew it was all legit. He didn't even question it. He looked at me, he's like, only you, huh? And I don't know what he meant by that, but I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But anyway, being there's thousands of people working there, you get to know a lot of people. And one of my guys in my shop said to me, you should go. I don't remember the name of this place. It was a restaurant within the casino, and the manager of the place was named Fran, this woman. He says, you should go down there and talk to Fran about it. I heard she's good with that kind of thing. So it's just what I did. I immediately, within five minutes, I was out the door. My shop wasn't far. I was there within minutes. And I walked in, and I, walk, I walked in her office, and she was on the phone. And as soon as I walked in, she held up her hand like to like hold up, wait a minute. I'm on the phone kind of thing. And within seconds, she hung the phone up and she put her finger up and she said, don't say a word. Don't say a word. And I had never met this woman in my life. And uh, she says, there's a man behind you. He's very, very big. Huh. He wants you to know that he's glad you're here. He's the reason that you're here right now. His name's John Cox Jr. Does that ring a bell? Wow. I almost, yeah, I almost passed out. I almost passed the hell out. I'm busy thinking about it, just trying to tell you the story. I'm like almost faint. It, 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 
You have no idea. Wow. I, I, I've never been that bewildered in my life. I couldn't believe what I just heard. And there's nothing in the world prepared me for that. I, 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 you couldn't, to this day, I don't even have words to, I don't have nothing to say about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Except I, my, just rattly, incoherent words is all I come up with. That was proof. When I heard she was good, I didn't realize how damn good. This woman, I regret going. She knew, she looked right in my window in my soul. She knew everything I've ever done. To the point it was embarrassing. Wow. Yeah. She's at my house, dude. I call her. She agrees to come over. She turns up in the early evening, still light out. Now, when she got there, I'm starting to see things. Like, what happened was, is prior to her getting there, that week before that, I forgot to... It, there's so much going on, I can't keep up with it at the time. But it was the week before her getting there. I was getting poked. I was laying on my side again. It's two in the morning. And all of a sudden, it's pitch black in that room. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I'm not expecting anything. I just feel this doink, doink, real hard in the dead center of my back with this big knuckle. It scared me so bad. I I went up in the air. I come down. I remember like having to crawl off the wife. I landed almost like half on or half off. And I'm up bugging out. Turn the light on and I'm slipping. And I'm like, you F M F. I, I, I was inventing words to swear. <laughs> it was incredible. I was so angry. You know, I wasn't putting two and two together. Like, you know, they feel up your fear and all that kind of thing. None of that was coming into play. I was probably causing a lot of my own issues just from my, my thoughts and behavior and mannerisms. But anyway, I said out loud, you want to effing touch me? Show your effing face. And I said to the wife, where is that effing digital camera? And she's like, it's in the dining room in the hutch. I go storming down there, grab the thing, and I take out brand new damn Duracell batteries, put them in that thing. I turn that as I'm walking away. I'm heading back to the, to the to the bedroom. I'm walking away, and I turn the thing on, and it went haywire instantly. It just went crazy. The lens is going in and out, in and out. It's going on and off, and then bleep, it was dead. Mm. Now I'm like, I can't believe it. So I took them out, put two more in, and I go back in there, lay down, pitch black, and I'm like, well, you heard what I said, show your effing face. And anyway, I just start pointing the camera. I point it to my left, take a picture in front of me, and then like, right it would be 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, right in a big loop. And, uh, you know, the first picture went to my left, nothing. Second picture, nothing. Dead in front of me, there's these two huge balls of light, right? Just one is bigger than the other. One's twice as big as the other one. Anyway, I take the next picture, and it's the same balls of light, but they're in a streak. They're moving. I just happened to pick up the camera shot as they were traversing to wherever they were going. And then the next shot was over the top of my wife as she was laying there, and there's this kid looking right at me, right in my effing face, leaning right over her. This kid's looking right in my face. Couldn't believe it. 
I almost threw up. I was so scared. I can't even describe it. I, my wife was like half awake, half not. She's getting irritated because this going on all night, every night now. It's turned into a fiasco mm-hmm. of, of serious proportions. Yeah. But I show a picture of that kid, and it looked like the weirdest thing was, how do I explain this? It didn't. It didn't look like a picture. It wasn't like someone was standing there, though. It looked like they held a picture up of someone standing there, if that makes sense. It was a picture of somebody. But it was nonetheless, yeah, it was like a photograph. But it's hard to explain. It was just like a big picture of someone bending over looking right at me. But it was an older picture. I'm talking like older. Well, it turns out what happened was I'm I mean, that night passes with zero sleep. The following day comes, and I'm still trying to figure out who this dude is. But I'm looking. It's like a 14, 15-year-old kid. And, you know, as this is going on, it was getting worse and worse by the day. Sunday comes. I, and I know how this, this It sounds ridiculous. But Sunday came, and I would cut my grass every Sunday. And all of a sudden, and again, I'm like I said earlier, there's a couple of original uh, owners in, in the neighborhood, but most of them were dead. I was the only like younger dude in the whole in the whole neighborhood, you know. So I was the only male either alive and or at home on most days. Mm-hmm. But Sunday, I would cut the grass, and one day, out of the blue, while all this crap's going on, like I needed any more, I hear this whistle, like a, I can't whistle, but. It's like a yoo-hoo, but in a whistle, mm-hmm. like you. But again, I knew it was a man. I knew in, instantly in my head, I was like, man, that's a guy. Definitely a bird. I could tell, you know, simply. And, it, and then it happened again, but it was closer. It was a couple minutes. It got closer to the point it was like on top of me. I'm like, this is not happening. Now, I'm out in the back step. And uh, I went in the house, I the microwave, grabbed that recorder, I go back outside, I'm like, I know you're here, I don't know who you are, but just say your name, give me your name. And that was, I left it at that, and instantly this guy come across and he said his name was Howard Cross. I couldn't believe it, but he was an old man. He's like, Howard, Howard Cross. And I, I was like frustrated and all mad. So I was sort of like screwing with the guy. I'm like, and I heard what he said very well. I'm like, what? I didn't hear you. I'm playing stupid. And he's like, Howard Cross. Like, you heard me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm like, and that's all I ever got. I asked question after question. Never would say anything. Hmm. That was it. He went away. Following Sunday, same damn thing. Now, literally, there's, I'm seeing and feeling and hit, taking pictures of all sorts of people at this point. I'm like to my wife, they are everywhere. I'm almost losing count. I said, I've seen, I swear, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I told her and I meant it. I seen, I, I have seen, these things are following me to work. It was unbelievable. It was like I was a lighthouse to, to these things. And I don't know why. And anyway, that woman finally comes over to the house. She's with her husband and she, she gets out of the car and she basically did the same thing she did in her office. She shut me up before I ever had a chance to say what. And she says, uh, I'm going to walk the property first. This is my husband, so-and-so. Well, I didn't know he was as good as she was when it comes to like being like psychic. 
But anyway, she walked front yard, went around back, kind of like sort of making small talk, best I can with her husband. She's out by herself, like 40 feet away. All right, let's go in the house. And she does her thing, and then she sits down for this disclose, disclosure thing, kind of. And first words out of her mouth, Everett, uh, how do I say this? And she's looking at me, looking at my wife, like, well, I'm trying to ruin my marriage. Maybe you need to work on yourself, she kept saying. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and I kind of knew what she meant, you know. I was doing some shit I really shouldn't have been. You know? To try and cope, you know, I was smoking a lot of weed. You know, I was drinking a lot of beers on my one-going days. You know, I was just... Things were changing, and I was just doing everything and anything to cope. And most of those things were, like, self-destructive, you know. But I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was getting crazy, and it was doing its best to see that I went crazy, I swear to God. And right. what happened was, when this thing said, help me on the on the airways, it said, help me. I mean, I, I did. I, I didn't know how, but I did interfere. I got in the middle of it, and I became nosy and... So anyway, that woman was there. She, she says to me, I count, I counted twelve. I, and I looked at my wife. I'm like, see what I'm saying? Now, it's crazy how, uh, how and why. But it was like they were just showing up one after another, like it was a revolving door. It was incredible. So it, it got to the point of confusing. I didn't know who the hell I was dealing with. And she would manage somehow to to get rid of most. All of them except the worst one. When she said there was 12, she said to me there's 12. However, one of them has never taken human form. And I can tell you exactly what that is. I didn't realize at the time. But I'm like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, it's someone from the woods. That's all she kept saying. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Huh. Don't mean crap to me. My house was... It was ground zero for Mohegan Indians in the summertime. That I, right on top where my house was seated, big time Indian land. My neighbor across the way, she uh, she said in the 30s, her father was witness to someone getting shot behind her house when it used to be a pig farm. He's buried out there somewhere, and all sorts of craziness. My neighbor's digging out in the yard, right in the corner of my neighbor, my yard and his, and he pulls up. All sorts of Native American artifacts. Hmm. I'm like, dude, go rebury this crap like immediately. Anyway, I'm sitting there one night in particular. Now, mind you, like I say, I'm dealing with this. Weeks are going by. I haven't even begun. You know, it's like they follow me to work. You can only imagine. I would be upstairs. And uh, downstairs, you would hear this crash. But always when I'm alone. Right. But you would hear this smash, crash, and I knew exactly. I said, that's the tray of silverware. Sounded exactly like that. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be a mess. And I go downstairs, and it's completely intact. There's nothing out of place, you know. It's mystifying how they can make these sounds, yet there's nothing nothing out of place. It's, mm -hmm. you, you, it's just very strange. But... I can't even express to you how bad it was, one thing after another. So I decide, and I'm doing my homework with this recorder the whole time, trying to figure things out, uh, out of desperation. And I'm thinking, I, I can't get this to stop. And I'm not thinking about anything except get to the bottom of it and get rid of it. That's all I can think of. And then 
it just wasn't going away. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I just start feeling this one in particular. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just one of those things where I felt one around me and I didn't feel threatened by it. And I, I use a recorder. I ask who it is. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear this little girl comes across and says, hi. And I ask the name and you can literally hear somebody tap, like cover her mouth. So you can hear that as she's trying to say her name. You can hear it in the guy's going, shh. Wow. That man, that man drinks beer. Huh. Said it just like that. Don't say nothing. He drinks beer. I was like, wow. Well, anyway, yeah, it's very mystifying. Anyway, time goes by several weeks, and I'm doing my best to get these. Just, I didn't realize. It turns out it was a very young girl. At least it was portraying itself to be. And if it wasn't, this they did a good job of fooling me because he was literally like her, her guardian. He wouldn't let her speak no matter what. And I'm at work and I'm uh, I'm talking to this one dude. It was just him and I there. Everybody had gone home. It was afternoon after 12 o'clock and uh, we're sitting there and he's like, so what's been going on at the house? I'm like, you don't even want to know, man. You know, just pick a room. So he didn't really believe the stories. He didn't they wouldn't worry another, but I sensed that he didn't really believe me. I'm like, dude, I can prove it to you, you know. He was like, what do you mean you can prove it? I said, I can bring a recorder in and ask him a question, and they'll friggin' probably just answer me right here. And he's like, no way. I'm like, probably, dude. It's They always do. So I did just that. I said, I'll listen. I'll bring, a, I'll bring the damn thing in tomorrow, and we'll try. And sure as hell, everybody leaves at 12 o'clock. They work 4 to noon. I'm only one there on on uh, 10 hour days, so uh, middle of two o'clock. But anyway, everybody leaves, and I got the recorder out, and it's just this kid, Nick, and I in this carpenter shop. Nobody around. Nobody. So I said to the machine, I said, listen, and I knew they were there. I could feel it, because it got to the point where this little girl, when she was around, she would come up, and she would squeeze my hand. And that was like my cue to mm-hmm. know she was there. And there was like literal communication going on through the squeezing, you know, like meaning once for no, twice yes kind of thing. You know, I was doing my best to, to, to communicate, but it was very limited. But anyway, yeah, so I bring the machine in and uh, I said, listen, uh, I know you guys are here. You don't have to answer, but I, I'm going to ask you because he just, this guy doesn't believe that you guys are with me right now. I said, can you just do me a favor and just please say his name? And then I give it a moment and hit stop, obviously, and hit play. And he's sitting there, and I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and we're waiting, and you hear me come across with that question. And immediately you hear it clear as I'm talking now. The little girl comes across, and she says, I'll whisper it. Hmm. Wow. Really whisper. Yeah, it was creepy, man, but yet not. She didn't try to be creepy, but just the fact it was a little girl, and it was so clear. His eyes, you know, his jaw dropped. He sits up in his, at our desks. He's dumbfounded because, you know, when you hear your name come across those things, 
it, it is alarming, especially the first time. So he, he went home and wound up telling his girlfriend all about this new this guy at work. He's a medium, and I'm like, I'm not a medium, dude, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he he told my boss about the questions and all that. So he had me do it to my boss, and sure as hell, same exact thing. The girl, she didn't say I'll whisper it, but she said Chris very clearly his wow. name, and wow. he. He says to me, put that effing thing away. And that was it. He never said another word about it. Huh. But after I left his office, I said out loud into the machine again, listen, thank you very much. You didn't have to answer those questions. That was very nice of you. And this is the first time I heard this kid, he's a teenager, a boy, he sounded like a teenager to me. He says, you're welcome, Everett. As clear as, as clear as anything. I just wow. couldn't believe it. Nick's looking at me, and I'm looking, I'm like, see what I'm saying? You know? But it got very bad, though. Things were following me to work, and they weren't always pleasant by any means. You know, there were a couple good ones, and uh, but I was I was getting assaulted left and right, especially at night at home, you know? And I didn't know what to do. This woman got rid of a few, but it comes down to it was is that I was basically, I didn't know it, but I was like sort of playing games with the devil. I was there one night. And I'm feeling, it's like midnight, a little after. I'm feeling like real nauseous. And I don't know why, but something just told me that there was something around me. After a while, you get so much of it, you can tend, you tend to learn how to read your body. And you realize that your body reacts when you're in certain ways when you're around these things, even if you're not thinking about it, whether it be a rapid heart rate or... Uh, and or anxiety, or just but everything that these things are like, 10 times the normal amount, you know, so you get anxiety, it's severe. But anyway, I got to the point where I just kind of got to this place where I just knew when one was around and like a fool, I would take a picture only just to confirm it, if anything. Well, one day, one night, actually, I'm sitting there after midnight and I'm sitting on the couch and looking right into the living room and I take a picture and I look at it with the digital camera and I look at it and I just couldn't believe what I seen. Now, and I'm pointing into the dining room, and who's looking back at me? This Jackie kid that grew up in the house. But, yeah, he's an older man now, and sure as hell, he was big. You know, the reason is I've seen pictures of him, because she left everything she owned in that house. So there was albums, and you name it. I mean, I, I got the dining room chair, but everything this woman ever owned in eight years was left behind in that house. Ashes, you name it, it was in there. So, yeah, but that guy was sitting in the chair looking over his right shoulder right at me. But I don't know if you remember Eddie from Iron Maiden. Yeah. There's that skeleton guy on the cover. Mm -hmm. This thing was above him in my dining room between the ceiling fan and his head. It was above him with its hands out and its fingers spread out, just like the typical ghost, like it was trying to grab somebody, fingers spread out reaching downward but outward because he's below him this guy john's glowing golden yellow golden yellow but you can see inside this gold you can make out who it is but above him again is this creepy skeleton thing it looks like it's made out of cigarette smoke it's wispy like looks like cigarette smoke Mm -hmm. But if you could draw with cigarette smoke, 
because it was so clear it had like a monk's outfit same type of thing I saw in the bedroom on that little short thing whatever it was it was a what do they call it a cloak with a hood and you could see just skeleton in certain areas where the bone would be denser it was like really brighter super white where other areas not so much but you could see its feet coming down it was just hanging in midair but the the message was very clear you know i'm looking at this and i'm like this guy's trapped this guy's being held by his thing that was my math you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and that's where i'm getting this at least this is what i'm basically trying to come up with i'm like this is begging for help i'm looking at this picture and it doesn't look like he's able to walk away without an issue this this thing is good. I don't know if it's got him held and whatever you want to call it. It's, he's here. I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm trying every time. I'm praying. I'm, I'm trying to just talk this guy to get him to just leave. And he's still there no matter what goes on. And again, this is going on for a long period of time. It wasn't like this happened all in one day. Several years, you know. I've never been a big guy. I've never weighed more than 155 pounds, but I think I was down to about 125 pounds or something like that at the height of this. It just eat you from the inside out. Now, time went by and it got, my marriage crumbled. I turned into a monster. I gotta, I gotta admit it. This thing, I believe it was the form of like mild possession where when I interfered to try to help this John and his soul out, I think this thing wanted retribution, and I think in its off time, you know, so to speak, it, it would decide to, you know, follow me to work, take over my energy. I could feel it, you know, I could just feel it. You know, and I'm not talking like full-blown like the exorcist, but it, these things have a way of influencing your behaviors, attitudes, all of your emotions. You'll sit there and start crying for nothing out of the blue for no reason. You don't even know why. Mm -hmm. After a while, you'll realize that if someone else is, you know, it's like an impasse or something, you know. This went on for about eight years in that place. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Actually, I forget. Now, I did discuss with this one guy, David Pickin. He's out of Westchester, New York. He's long dead now. But he did come down from New York, and he did, like, this ghost of New England. And he did a chapter on, you know, on the story. It wasn't. It was very brief. It wasn't exactly on target. One actually it reminds me of a story. I know this is probably the most craziest sounding one of all, but it, it, I, I would just, on my kids' lives, I can't stress enough how true this crap is. I'm in Walmart, and I hate going, anybody that knows me knows I hate, I hate going anywhere like that, any kind of commercial space. Mm -hmm. I always wait till like, until I have to. Right. But anyway, I told you about this Howard guy that would whistle, well, yeah. he would whistle nonstop on Sundays, man. Well, Sunday came, and uh, my wife's like, oh, we've got to go to Walmart and dog food, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, so whatever, let's just go and get it done. And anyway, I hear before we leave, I hear this whistle. I say to her, I'm like, it's Howard. She's like, Howard? Who the hell is Howard? And I, I hadn't mentioned nothing. And I'm, like, starting to feel nutty because, I mean, I got their names. She's looking at me like with her, like she knows I'm sane, but 
she's like, she knows this stuff is getting worse and worse and more and more and more and more common. I'm like, listen, the guy whistles to make himself known, but that's basically it. She believed me. She knew enough to believe me, but I think there was a sense of wanting to doubt it, but she knew she couldn't mm -hmm. just because of all the other stuff. There was no denying anything at this point. And Howard, I believe he sensed her doubt or her wanting to doubt. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I knew what this guy was thinking. I said to her, I said, listen, we're going to go to Walmart. We're going to do our thing. And when we get home, when we pull into the driveway, just get out of the car and just don't do anything. And he will whistle, and that way there you'll know what the hell I'm saying is, you know, on the up and up. Not that she didn't know anyway, but crazy as this sounds, I'm going to tell you. I don't even want to tell you, but I'm going to I, – I'm in this deep. I'm in Walmart. And I never asked for anything as far as – I don't want to see these things. I don't want nothing to do with it, really. Although, you know – I was digging, but I only was digging to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm in Walmart, and I'm leaning over this carriage. I don't want to be there, and it's, like, pretty obvious. I'm hanging there in toothpaste aisle or whatever it was, and I swear to you, my wife's getting right there looking at toothpaste. And all of a sudden, this old man comes around the corner. He's got an empty buggy, and he just smashes right the hell into me. Just crash, you know, walking speed. But it's like he knew what he was doing. I look up, I'm like, what the hell? And the old man, he looks right in my face and he goes, and whistles at me. Wow. I almost shit, he's solid as you and I. I said, Howard, Howard, I'm yelling. My wife's like, what the hell is going on? And he, he, as he's whistling, he, he only had been down the hall, like the aisle two steps, basically. We were almost on the end anyway. And I'm trying to reach my wife's shoulder. I'm trying to get her attention. And I'm like, Howard, all she can hear is how, Howie, 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 Howard, you know. Mm -hmm. And as this is all going on, he he, he backed away around the, the corner. And it was, I, I hauled like only four or five steps. And it, he was gone. There's nothing there but a buggy, dude. I mm. was flipping out. Wow. I'm like, that is a first. I, I couldn't believe it. Now, my wife is like, oh, God, here we go kind of thing. And sure as hell. Now, I wouldn't shut up for nothing at this point. I'm like, bop, 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 all the way home. And she's like, she's ready to move anyway. She had enough. So I had an eye, but it kept getting to this new thing where it would become more and more damn amazing. And it would make me ask more and more questions. Sure, and sure as hell though. We let, we get out of there. We went home and get out of the car and sure as hell is that whistle. Just like I said, and I had forgotten about it because I was so worked up over seeing this solid body, but it only happened one time. And that was that, you know? And then, the following Sunday came, and uh, he did his, basically his whistle thing. It was weird because it's like, what the hell? What's the point? Just it was all of it, and most every one of them, all they really wanted was to say, I'm here. Right. Most all of them. They wanted to come through just to say they wanted some acknowledgement. That's all it was. Howard didn't want anything. I asked clearly, what can I do? Or is there anything? He would never say a word. So if he had the energy and the will to 
say his name. He couldn't have gotten, I would imagine, more across. He never attempted to. Hmm. I thought after a while, I just, I quit. I quit even using the thing because, for one, it was horrifying. And I kept, every time I, I used it, it seemed like someone else would come through other than who I'm looking for or some other crazy thing like that. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eventually, that guy come down from New York, and he's doing that book, and uh, he's interviewing me in the living room for a regular normal day, springtime, and uh, I happened to just see something out of the corner of my eye, and I could feel it. I could feel it. And the guy says to me, what's up? He saw me sort of, like, taken aback a little bit. I must have looked and snapped my neck real quick or something. And he's like, what's up? What's like basically what's going on? And I'm like, I, I thought I, I can just send somebody right now. I told him, I don't know. It's just weird. I said, I thought I seen somebody. And he says to me, what do you think it is? I said, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's an older person. He goes, well, do you know a guy named Howard Cross? I'm like, are you kidding me? Huh. What are the odds? I mean, you got to be effing kidding me. I'm like, this guy is, is just as crazy as that woman that I went to. Right. And he goes on to he goes on to tell me, now I know this sounds crazy, but this guy he he went on to tell me and he knew nothing about me. He knew nothing about me. I had had donor discs in my neck from having replacements from when I, you know, got hit on my bike and all that crap and I had massive neck pain and all that. And he goes on well, he said to me, do you know a guy named Howard? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? He said, well, Howard wants, he's remarking, I had a bar in the house, and I used to just use it as a TV stand, like a three-sided bar shoved into the corner. He had one of those, like an old man cap, I don't know what you call them, with a little bill on it, you know, like flat. You yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he had one of those, but it was all Jamaican colors. So he had set it down next to the TV on the bar, and he said that Howard was commenting on how much he liked my hat. I'm like, wow, wow. I'm like, Howard, you know, I am basically asking him, how the hell do you know his name? And he says to me that I'm going through this stuff, and it's the same thing that's going to happen to me as what happened to him, where he basically wound up in the thick of this paranormal crap without ever wanting anything to do with it, didn't have a choice. And over time, he said, like, these abilities basically just showed up on their own. Now, the only thing you see is I turned my back to it completely because it got so bad and horrifying. I don't know. I'm still messed up to this day over it. I don't sleep in dark rooms. Hmm. Not at all. i got some sort of light. That's, I mean, I'm 53 years old. And I'll tell you what, it's, 
I, it is what it is. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I, I'm afraid of what the hell's walking around in the dark. Right. There's some horrifying, horrifying stuff. Yeah, so I could go on for weeks just about the happenings in the house, but, you know, just to sort of sum that up, this evil spirit that was in there one night, it was getting real bad. My wife basically had moved out. I'm still there, but I'm sort of moving out and I'm um, staying at this other person's house and sort of staying there once in a while. And anyway, uh, I'm walking around one night. I go to brush my teeth from going to bed and I go shut the TV off and walking out of the living room and I see this green ball of light, about as big as a softball. But I'm talking like plutonium glowing green, you know, like real bright green. And, uh, I didn't even acknowledge it. I tried to ignore it. I went in and brushed my teeth, went in and laid in bed, laying on my back. You can see right out the door, like I said earlier, you can see right into the bathroom from where I'm laying. And sure as hell, that light, that ball of light come just, and it hovered down, and it stopped right at the threshold of the bathroom. And I'm looking right at it, and it's looking right at me. And I knew I was screwed. I remember saying, oh, no, I swore. And instantly it shot from where it was. I can still remember it hitting my chest, dead center of my chest, like right through my heart. I could feel it come like through me. These things would shoot through you. Okay, if it shot through where like your head is, you'd get a, a dizzy spell real briefly, just for a quick second. Mm -hmm. You'd feel like you were going to fall. Yeah, I could feel when it hit my chest. It didn't knock me out of bed, but it knocked me, like, back. And I was, like, I had the wind taken out of me to the point I couldn't breathe. It took oh, quite a while to get back breathing normal. And I'm thinking if that happens again more than once, I'm convinced at this point these things have the ability to take you out, you know. I'm getting real worried about it, big time. It's getting real bad. I'm there, and I can sense this, this dark. This dark one, towards the end, it was unbelievable, the crap it was pulling. It was like no holes barred. It was everything shy of pushing me down the stairs. It just, mm. the last night I was in that house, well, what happened was, is for one thing, I'm moving out. Everybody knows it in the family. And my stepmother said, saying uh, she wanted some dressers for somebody or something. But I told her, I'm, I'm not taking nothing with me. Because I don't want nothing attached to it. Turns out I never gave anything away. I took everything I owned, and I mean everything, and put it in a huge pile out in my backyard and lit it. And the, you know, everybody, cops, fire trucks, they all showed up. But I already had a good blaze going, so I didn't give a crap. Yeah, I wasn't about to give nobody anything because I didn't want the responsibility of getting stuck with it. So anyway, yeah, the last time I was there, well, the night before the last time I was there, I was at someone else's house early in the morning, probably about 2.30 in the morning. I wake up, I'm laying there, and I found I felt very uncomfortable, and I know the feeling very well, and I knew that it was that spirit, and it was a mean one, I and mean, it wasn't anything friendly. I knew because I felt like I was having a heart attack. Every time that thing came around, I had massive anxiety heavy breathing, out of control, to the point of hyperventilating. And uh, I hear this 
Get the out. Just like that. Mm. I was like, oh, my audible. No recorder this time needed. I felt it in my ear. It was the weirdest, weirdest thing. I, it's, it was so different than hearing someone. You could tell it went through the veil, so to speak. It was the weirdest, but uh, it was horrifying. I was, I was petrified. But I said out loud, I'll get the F out tomorrow, but for now, you get the F out. <laughs> and I tell you what, though, I I did just that, though. I kept my word. I went home, ripped everything out of the house, and burnt it in a huge pile. And I basically fled. But what happened was, is during the, the last couple of weeks in the house, I kept feeling this little girl around me, so, you know, and I didn't want to use that recorder, but I pulled it out anyway in an effort to see if I can get through. In the meantime, I'm still snapping pictures and all that stuff, and I didn't even realize what I had until later on down the road, but in the end, this girl comes through like one of these EVP things and says, Everett, just get out, like pleading with me. Wow. And she reiterated it, just get out. Ow. And like, you can't win. And I'm like, wow, this girl's like literally serious pleading. Like, and I took it serious. I'm like, man, if this, if she must know better than I. You know, that's when I really took it serious and decided I better get the hell up and out of here. And, and, and most anybody normal would have been going after the first eight days, never mind years. But you know what? It was being a veteran and. I'm not afraid of nothing and, you know, all that kind of crap. And it's just what it is, crap, you know. Because I kind of put everybody at risk and, and it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I don't know whatever became of uh, any of them. All I know is I got so freaked out by that house that I, I was afraid to even drive by it. I wouldn't huh. even drive by it. That's wow. how bad. Yeah, I wouldn't even go by it. But finally, I... I um, well, six months ago, I got the nerve up because my eye doctor's right down the street, and uh, I went by and someone's living there. But it was every day, every day. Once I, le I left out of there, all I had was hope. I had nothing else. It didn't go away immediately at all. I fled out of there. I wanted to go to my father's house and stay in there for a while. First damn day I'm there. I walk in there, I'm in the back bedroom, I'm making, making up this room, just sort of temporarily. I'm sitting in the bed, I'm sure as hell, I, I hadn't been there 10 minutes, I felt this ass, I'm sitting down. It was all good, it was only that little girl, but nonetheless, it still was like, oh, good Lord, I just needed some peace. It was like if you had thrown a rock into a calm body of water, and makes ripples, and it takes time for the ripples to dissipate. That's what it sort of felt like in, in life in general, because it slowly, I had to turn it off. I mean, literally show no interest. I wouldn't talk about it. I'm no, nothing. You know, I didn't watch a video on it. Mm -hmm. I didn't look into it. I didn't do anything. I completely shut it off out of my life. You know, I started going to church, I even went and they got blessed. I done all sorts of things. I got, you know, on the street and narrow. 
gave up a lot of stupid little vices, and uh, it took quite a while to get things to where they are now, you know. But you have to keep your house in order, man. Like, I, I do pray. I wouldn't say every damn day, but quite often. Let's put it that way, quite often. I'm well aware of the good and bad in the world. And I'll tell you, I've seen hell. I know one thing. I don't need any proof about God or the devil or heaven or hell. I don't need any proof at all. I'm fully convinced they're both as real as can be. If anything, they're more real than the here and now. Mm-hmm. You would think that witnessing the crap that I have and many others, that you would see that kind of thing and it would instantly turn you around and become this instant humble person without sin and all that, but it's not even close to that. That free will is so unbelievably powerful that, you know, you you would think like someone like me would be like, oh, instant perfect person, you know, but no, far from it. You know, it's like every day, just like everybody else, man, you got to work at it, work at it, work at it. Sure. But, uh, you know, the stories are endless as far as that stuff goes, and it's like, I, I hate what I did in a way of like, I hate to say like, stole my innocence because I was far from innocent when this stuff started, but I still had a certain amount of naivety towards life, mm-hmm. and it definitely tore a chunk out of me. Definitely feel like I have an arm ripped off or a sacrifice, some sort of limb, or whatever it is, and uh it's very difficult to accept that. You know damn well you're never getting it back. You're never getting it back. And it's very difficult to deal with. Very difficult. I went from someone interested into like, wow, I would give anything to not know. Mm-hmm. Some people go out looking for this stuff and it's like, oh my God. The thought of it just makes me ill. You know, and the weird thing is, is I look at myself, I constantly do my own homework, or I should say my own evaluation, you know. At the end of the day, I like to look at what I may have said and done, and if, you know, I did something that I'm not proud of, I, I like to try and correct it. You know, and I'm not, I don't mean anything big, but just whatever, everyday stuff, you know. But I think, like, once you see, I don't know how the universe works, but it's like as if the universe knows that you know and once you see one weird thing, it seems the tendency for most people to see something else is very high. Yes. At least for me. Yes. I don't and again, if I I've seen so many crazy things aside from just that that it's it's like why? Why? And especially why me? I mean it's a sense of I don't care where you go on the planet, they will find you. Mm-hmm. They will find you. You can't run. You cannot run. You know, I thought like that Ray when I was a kid there in the bedroom, I thought that was an isolated thing until, you know, I got into my 20s and it got to the point where I started to see different types of crafts so damn often. I had made a comment to my wife and said, I think they're following me. Or if not, they know where the hell we're at. You know, because there would always be someone with me, either her or the neighbor, you know, but... Like I mentioned to you in that email, the most significant, they're all significant in my mind. The reason I mentioned even Bud Hopkins is because of that incident in Pennsylvania. If not for that, I wouldn't care about anything, but I know something happened that night, and I 
part of me doesn't want to know. Part of me greatly wants to know. I understand that. But, you yeah. know, when I, when I, I had mentioned to you in that email about this disc on that highway. I was on I-84 in Pennsylvania. I think it was 84, heading towards New York, heading east into, I was heading back to Connecticut from Ohio and Canton. My wife's family's from out there. We're heading back, and it was a rainstorm. Rainstorm. And my kids are in the back seat sleeping. They're not kids. Well, they're, she, my daughter probably, I don't know. She wasn't a kid kid. But uh, my son was still a teenager or whatever. It stopped raining on the highway, and it was whatever. We were the only ones out there on the highway, at least within eyesight. We hadn't passed nothing either, not in the way of trucks like you normally would at night, 18 wheelers and stuff. There was nothing out there. And uh, it's quiet. I've been on the road about three hours. No one's saying nothing again. The kids are sleeping, and they come to a left-hand curve in the highway, very sharp curve, and it swung around. But when we come around this curve, I don't know how I didn't see it in the distance, but it didn't give off light like a flashlight. But this craft was in the road, parked right on the damn highway, and it was like a valley going off the road. If you look out, it was like a big valley. And this thing was hanging like over the highway, like way out. It was just massive. It was, I don't know how big. I would say several hundred feet across. It was a mothership of, it was huge. Wow. And the weirdest thing. See, I'm a, I'm an aircraft mechanic and I'm a, I was a helicopter mechanic, right? I know a little bit about aviation. I'm no genius, but I know a little bit. I know one thing, aerodynamically, like, for instance, planes, they don't have square windows because they'll bust right the hell out because of pressure and that. That's why they have round windows and, you know, boats and planes and all that kind of thing. This craft, we come around the corner, this thing was lit up like a carnival. It was un, It was unreal. We could see right inside this, every window was huge. I'm talking... They were perfect squares, so I would say maybe four feet by four feet. I know this sounds ridiculous. I know how it sounds. But I, I, I got to tell you exactly what was there. It had two levels, had a first and second level. The first level was probably upwards of 12 to 15 feet off the ground. So as you're looking at this disc, now when we came around the corner, this thing was right in front of the car. No more than 35, 40 feet max. And I'm still like putting on the brakes and I'm still rolling towards it. And it was like absolute state of shock. Instantly, just instantly in my mind, I didn't know what to do. My wife's leaning. I'm looking out of her. I, I turned to look at her real quick. And she's leaning forward and her mouth's opening. And I'm like, you seeing this? You seeing this? I'm, I'm getting a panic sound. And I'm like, you haven't seen this? You see this? And she says out loud, what the F is that? You know, and she's leaning forward and I'm looking and all of a sudden it was like, I can't move. I'm in the car. I had the brakes on. I can't move left or right. And all of a sudden it was like, it was like dying or going under surgery. Hmm. It was all of it. It was just, I could see people though. And I have no details because it was like out of my peripheral. I could see people. I'm assuming 
I don't believe it was the Air Force by any means. I can't say exactly, oh, it was Grays or whatever, because I don't know. Right. But I know one thing, when we woke up, we weren't there when we woke up. We were at an exit. Huh. And I don't know how much distance went between the exit and where we saw it, but I know where we saw it wasn't where we were. Right. That's all I know. Wow. You know? And then I got off the highway, and I'm shaking. And I, I went in just, and I don't know why, I was dumb. I went in the store, and I'm like, you ever seen anything weird around here? I'm asking this kid. You know, and I guess I was trying to imply military bases. And at this point, I knew it was a joke to even ask. I don't know why I was even going to bother. But it was there. It was, the thing is, though, is if ever I had a feeling like there's no doubt this thing wanted us to see it, it wouldn't have been sitting there. At the very least, it would have had an inkling like a car is bound to come along eventually, you know, you would think. And uh, it didn't give a s***. It was about, I would say, between 12, maybe 12 or 15 windows across the bottom. Same amount across the top, exactly. This was white. And it had things coming off it, like, I wouldn't say like Close Encounters, because that was really off the hooks, you know, but it had components mm-hmm. of some sort attached to this thing, like, I would just say box-shaped type things. Right. Uh, some sort of antennae type thing, and very, very difficult. The top was, uh, I remember it had a red stripe on it. I don't, I know that's ridiculous, but it was it, white, red stripe in the center of this thing. And uh, you could see right inside it, but from where we were looking sort of upwards at it, I guess we were looking at what would be the ceiling inside this thing, and it gave off this soft pink light. I can't describe it. It's weird when you see a color and there's more of a feeling to the color than a... I can't even explain it. Was it hovering above the highway or was it parked on the highway? It was above it, just hovering above it. But yet there was people outside it. Mm-hmm. But there was no landing gear that I could see or a ramp or anything even like that. Was it saucer-shaped? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was more of like a Big Mac, you know, like that. Okay, okay. As opposed to a disc disc, because it was double-decker. It was like a huge hamburger right. looking thing. That kind of shape, you know. My wife is the type. She wouldn't talk about nothing. Mm-hmm. No, that even the weirdest thing that was after that happened, I instantly thought of it. She did too. And but we didn't know what to say, except we, you know we did just see this right, and she said yeah, and uh, you know I'm just but what, what, it was nothing to discuss. But the weird thing is, is I remember going into New York and all the way home. Literal, absolute silence. My kids would not wake up. I was smacking them. Huh. I was literally smacking them over the back seat with my right hand, cracking them in their legs, you know. They didn't even think about stirring. Wow. Not a, not a, even when I we got off at the, at the ramp there where we were paying two, they were still right, right there all along. I don't know. It was about maybe seven years ago that happened. It would take, you know. Not long. It was right in that range. Hmm. And it wasn't far from New York. You know, maybe I would say it was somewhere around 40 miles or whatever. 
board or something like that. But I'll... do you remember if there was like missing time? Do you remember like from the yeah. time you saw it to the time you were on the exit? Yeah, it wanted to be about an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, but uh, that's why I was so. When this happens, even to this day, it's like talk to somebody I know about it. My neighbor, this woman, and she's like, you know, maybe you ought to do a support group because. I didn't realize how bad I, I must harp on this crap a lot, not even know it, you know, because why else would she say that, you know? And she's one of these religious people, so everything is the devil no matter what with her, so she don't want to talk about nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not going there. But yeah, so you wind up having this massive bag of crap, and you know you're not the only one going through it, but you're like, try finding somebody. It's like, oh, my God. It's very difficult. My mother, here's a weird one. Like, my life is nothing but weirdness. Like, for instance, uh, last year was the, one, the last time I saw a craft. I was with that woman I was just speaking of, right out here in my yard, on the side of the house. And right over our head goes, uh, like they were talking about on the news, like this tic-tac-looking thing. Mm-hmm. This thing was whiter than white, whiter than the clouds, and it was shooting across the sky at a good clip. I would say to between two and three times faster than an average jet would cross the sky. Mm-hmm. Not like not light speed, but it wasn't wobbling along either. And it had a white streak of a tail behind it, about as long as the craft itself, you know. But if you were to stick your arm out, it would only be you know, less than the width of your summit, you know, like an inch across from where I was at arm's length. So I don't know how far away it was. It was pretty far. It was probably 10,000 feet or something like that up and quite a distance away. But it was clear as hell. Obvious what it was. It was just so, you know, that shape, no wings, no nothing. Oh, here's a crazy one, too, is that I wind up getting out of that house, which is so nice. Yeah, I moved out of the house and I was staying with somebody. I've known this girl forever. My my life's in shambles, marriage-wise. I've basically given up on all that crap. But uh, I'm trying to make the best of it, and I just maintain them with my kids, and that was basically the most important thing. So, like I said, I'm staying in Mystic uh, down the road, not far from where I was, 20 miles or so. And uh, I'm there most nights at this woman's house. I went to school. I've known her forever. And it's 4 in the morning, and I get up, and I can't sleep. I'm out front of her house smoking a cigarette. I'm never expecting anything. It's For someone who has it, as much stuff happen to them as, as I do, you'd think I'd be on high alert, but I'm not. But mm-hmm. yeah, things happen when you so much are, It's the last thing on your mind. But I'm out front of her house smoking a cigarette, and over my head, right over the trees, this huge UFO. But it wasn't like a disc. It was glowing. It was only about 100 feet above the trees. The trees are only about 65 feet high, 60 feet. It's above the trees, about 100 feet or so, so it's pretty low. But it was huge. It looked to me like 20 feet across the diameter of this ball of light. And it's lit up hardcore, glowing. And it's shooting across the sky. About as quick as I said that pill was going, I would say that. But it was so low, and it looked like it was going a lot faster than what I think it was because it's the closeness, the proximity of it, may have seemed like it was really flying. 
But that thing come out of nowhere, that very same exact spot, over a, a little bit of time had passed. I'm talking like a couple of months, no more than three months. I'm out there, again, the middle of the night, same exact scenario. Because I'm kind of like a night owl, you know. You never know when I'm going to be up. I could be out making coffee at 2.30 in the morning, you know. It's just whatever. It is what it is. I don't make rules. So, yeah, anyway, I'm out front of her house again smoking a cigarette, man. And I hear this clickety-click, clickety-click sound. And I know what the sound is because I've had dogs forever. And uh, I hear these dogs. It sounds just like a dog with the nails hitting the damn asphalt. Mm -hmm. But it's coming. I hear it, and I know just from the house, knowing it so well, and very, very familiar with the area, I could hear it on my right side from a distance of, like, a ways away. I would say eighth of a mile, maybe a little less than that. It was quite a ways. but It was a faint sound, but I knew what it was. Click, click, click. But... I notice as I'm smoking this thing, it's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, whatever it is, is running down the street. It's heading this way. And I'm thinking, well, it's only going to be a matter of minutes. This thing is going to be right, if unless it takes a right up the street, there's a, a side road. But anyway, I'm standing there waiting. I'm tense. It's just, I don't know what it is. It, I know it sounds way too big to be a regular dog, dog so... I just didn't know what to think. And it pissed me off. She has uh, she had six-foot stockade fence. So I only got to see the width of her driveway when this thing went by. And uh, I won't say it's a dog, man, because I don't know. But it went by the house. By the time it got in front of me, the sound of the nails hitting the tar was only 30 feet from me. It was so damn loud. It was unbelievable. And wherever it was going, it was heading that way with intention. And it was hauling ass. It was going well over 30, 40 miles an hour. Wow. All of that. All the 30 miles an hour. All that. So, it, and I only saw it for the distance of the width of the driveway. So it was like almost like a flash. And it's pretty dark out in the road at the time. Well, all I could see was uh, a dog that was darker than the darkness. Definitely had a darker coat. I would say it was black. But I can't say, oh, it was shiny black or Jeff. I can't say that. But it was mm -hmm. just dark as all hell. But I will say this. it make a wolf look small. That's for damn sure. Wow. Standing up, this thing would have, the, its shoulders would have been almost to my chest. I'm only 5'7", but very close. If I was standing, its shoulders would have been about to my chest. Yeah. I would say probably 300 and something pounds, maybe, something like that. Maybe something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And but again, it just all it did was shoot at, shoot on by. Was that the same night you saw one of the lights? No, it wasn't. Okay. But it was like okay. a, like it was within a month or two after. Okay. Same exact spot though. Yeah, very bizarre. Another thing that had happened to me. This one happened with my wife there as well. Was we had our daughter was at her friend's house. It was eight thirty. We had to pick her up in this town called Lisbon. Well, we had been in Providence, Rhode Island, and we came back roads into Connecticut, Route 6 in Foster, Rhode Island, and we got into Lisbon to pick her up. It was early, it was summertime, it was about 8 o'clock, getting dark. It was about 8.30, actually. And it was just about getting dark. Dark, it was, I would say dark. It was dark enough. 
and we're on this straightaway, and we're going by on the right, this, uh, this town of Lisbon, it was their landfill on the right, and it's a dead flat road for about a quarter mile, maybe almost half a mile, but, and it comes to a four-way stop. It's very rural, back roads. There's a couple houses, but they're spread out very far. So we're going down this road, and I'm sort of like, I got to kill like 10 minutes. So I'm going real slow, like 30 max. Um, I'm hanging out, my God, my arm's hanging out the window, music's going. And I sort of got my head out the window just to get the air, and I was like imagining I was on my motorcycle. I was like, man, because it's hot. I'm like, I wish I was on my bike instead of this car. And as I'm sticking my head out, I pull it back in, and we're coming to the stop sign, and all of a sudden on the left side of the road, I see two huge eyeballs, bright, like red orange I don't know if they were lit up in the car I couldn't tell but when the car hit the, the eyes the body was so dark it blended in with its surroundings and then the eyes were so mesmerizing it distracted me from looking at it I see again just like my wife did with the UFO she starts leaning forward and she's like I could see her lips like oh my god and this thing, it looked to me, I'm not saying it did, because I don't know what happened, but it was there. I know one thing. It had to have seen our headlights coming from the time we got on that road, mm -hmm. which was, you know, again, it was a dead straightaway. So it had to see us coming at it for a minute anyway, as we traversed that area there. It had ample time to get the hell out of Dodge. And, you know, and I, I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, man, is it me or does that thing like intentionally want us to see it? Why wouldn't it leave? And I don't even know what it was. But what I did was is we're on top of it. Literally, it's 20 feet from the car at this point. And it looked to me like it took a step to the right into thin air, like vanished into mm. behind a curtain, you know? Literally, it just looked like it disappeared into thin air. It took a step to the right, like a side step, like, the military calls sidestep, where you just take a step left or right. And then your other heel meets up with your other, you know. Right. And it looked like it did that, just to the right, one step, but gone. But as it disappeared, I yanked the wheel to the left, and within a second, I'm on where this thing just was. I pulled my truck into the, basically into the woods, and my wife's screaming. She's pounding on my shoulder, and flipping out, like, what the F are you doing? Are you crazy? Get out of here. Get out of here. And I'm like, all right, all right, relax. And I wasn't I wasn't alarmed by this thing. I wanted to know what it was. That's all. Looking back, I should have been really alarmed because it was, I can't say I was scared, though. I would just wanted to know what it was. So anyway, I get the kid. I bring her home. And... I told the wife, I'm going back down there. And I did just that. I got in the car, and it was about a 15, 10, 15-minute ride. I went back down there. I pulled the truck in like I did earlier and put the high beams in the woods and all that. And I'm, it's, I'm creeped out. I got the window down. I don't see nothing. I didn't really expect to anyway, but I don't know. It's one of those things that I had to do so. Anyway, I called a buddy of mine who's not even five minutes away, and I told him about it. He's like, 
Oh, he goes, well, stay right there. I'll be right down. I want to check it out. So he come down and met me and whatnot. And we didn't see anything. Anyway, the next day, it's still sort of, you know, it's itching. So I get up and I go back down there anyway. And it was amazing because I, I didn't see it at night. I went into the woods and you can only go in about 50 feet and then it goes up this berm. It's about 10 feet high. And it goes up and over and down below, sure as hell, the railroad tracks. So, you know, I know I didn't see any railroad lights or anything because that was nowhere near where you couldn't see a train if it went by because it was too far down. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to go up the berm, and then if you're looking down, it was probably 20 feet down to where the train was. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if whatever it was, was uh, wasn't uh, taking the tracks. So here's the weird thing is uh, I go to work, and I'm telling these guys in my shop about this thing and the guy I know this guy Bill, he lives in that same district, same town he goes, that's kind of strange because well the town he's in puts out a monthly flyer thing a little magazine about you know taxes and whatever's going on and it said on the back page according to him there was a question has anybody spotted Bigfoot in Lisbon? And then there was a phone number there. Wow. Yeah, so I'm thinking, wow, dude. Well, I mean, someone saw this thing other than myself. Yes, I was happy to see to tell my wife that. Did it seem like it was an upright thing? Like, not. Oh, like, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah it, yeah. it was definitely standing with its arms. I mean, I. I I, I saw it, but I just couldn't see any detail. But it definitely, I, when it took its step to the right, it was definitely just two legs there, you know. Right, right. Humanoid. I like to say it was a big one, but I don't I don't think so because I don't think the eyes would have looked like that. They were too big. And I don't know if I mentioned, they looked like crosshatched, like a fly's pixelated or whatever, maybe they were. Huh. I don't know what the word. But, you know, like a fly's eyeball yeah. looked all squares. Yeah. It looked like that, even though we were... 20 feet from it. Yeah, to me it did. And it was like a lot of orange, red, like fire, more or less the color of fire. It was very hard to tell if it was hell ice making it glow or right. what, but that was intriguing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so, super interesting. You know, I just want answers. A couple questions yeah. about this house, if you don't mind. Sure. You mentioned like a, seeing a portal and seeing things come through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out of, yeah. And all I ever seen was it would open up in a spiral. It wasn't just a hole, a white. It looked like a, like a, how would you explain it? Almost like a tornado if you were looking down on it mm-hmm. from above. Just a swirling mass of, like, I, don't know, I wouldn't even say ectoplasm. And, like, and it, was, it was so quick. It would only be for a second, not even. Because how quick the one, they would always shoot out in an orb form. That's a weird thing, like when I said when I found out what those things are. But it would always come out of that corner. And the reason I knew is because I'd get out of work. I'd take my boots off, same spot, same ritual type stuff every day, same habits. But yeah, every time I see one come out of that corner, it would just be like a white circular. And almost everything I've seen in the way of energy has always been spinning, even in, in, the, in the picture where uh, I happened to catch an orb. You can tell it's spinning by whatever the material it makes up, whatever it's made up of. But many, many of them clearly show a face. 
inside the orb. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind that orbs are definitely spirits. Maybe right. they're not all human spirits, but they're spirits nonetheless. Did you get the feeling that they would come through as orbs and then transform into, you know, whatever spirit? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so initially. But it, I think it depends on if they were good spirits or not. Okay. I didn't tell you this. I forgot. This is one of the most important parts of the story is uh, I do a lot of drawings, portraits and whatnot, you know, more so back then when, uh, than, than now. I don't know why. I still think it has something to do with the PTSD. I can't, the patients, I don't have what it takes to sit there like I used to. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I had quite the portfolio after a while, and uh, I had drawings spread out all over the bed. And the craziest things happen to me in, in the summertime. It's always like in the middle of the day. Never like you would think, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Never, not never, but the most horrific things happen right in the middle of the day, broad daylight. But I had socks on, and it was very strange. And my wife was home in the middle of the day. Like kids are gone, and I said, oh, i got to go put those drawings away. i got them all over the bed. So I went, and I went to go down the hall. It's a fairly small house. I go into the kitchen, and I got the linoleum, and I didn't pick my feet up. I had socks on, and I was looking down, and just like a kid, I don't know why, I was in absolutely no hurry. I was sliding my feet as I went. So I made zero sound, and I got the short distance to my room at the end of the hall. It's to the right. I get in, I get to the doorway, and I look up, and I'm like, literally three feet from the corner of the bed, two and a half feet from the corner of the bed. So I'd say about four feet away is this apparition, man. Again, it was made out of, uh, well, let me just say one thing. It was the, the scariest, well, I don't know if it was the scariest, but it was right up there. This thing looked like, basically looked like the rig, but it wasn't a rig, obviously. It was, it could pass on it, but it wasn't skinny enough, and it wasn't white enough. But it looked like cigarette smoke. If you could take a six-foot-enchained body, like the shape of a man, if you had that shape and it was just cigarette smoke instead of flesh, that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It was a human-looking, but it, it was made out of smoke, what it looked like gray cigarette smoke. It wasn't cigarette smoke, but whatever. It's just what it looked like. This thing, I'm staring at it for a while. For a while, I'm talking like five seconds. It seemed like a long time. And my jaws dropped down. I don't, I'm, I'm complete shock. I'm literally in shock. And all of a sudden, this thing senses me. And I could tell it just the way, I don't know, I just, it didn't move. I could just tell. It was like a signal. It's perusing these drawings, and all of a sudden, it jerks itself straight forward up and turns to its left and looks me dead in the eyes. And this thing doesn't have eyes. It's got black holes, and where its mouth is, it would be like a black void as well. It was like that mask, the scream, that mask mm -hmm. in that movie, The Scream. Yeah. But it was like a reverse of that. So the white would be gray, and then with a you know, the eyes were pitch black. The most creepy looking thing ever, man. Mm. And it made the most craziest look. Like, for one thing, I sensed I embarrassed it. 
I know that sounds crazy, but I know I call it snooping, and I think it it sort of was embarrassing. But it, it looked at me and made the most distorted look. And then it shot sideways through the corner of the bed within two, three feet max. It just basically stretched out and was gone. Huh. Just like behind the veil. And it's just amazing. I, I To this day, I still can't get over how something can be there. And then just literally bloop. Right. Gone out of beyond the scope of human vision. You know it's still there. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. But I often wondered, where the hell do these things go when they're not messing with me, man? Huh. That spirit that she said came from the woods, did she ever clarify any more about that? No. Mm-hmm. No. And I asked her about it, too. And she didn't. It's as if... It's weird, you know, you think back on it. It's like, I, I guess it's almost as if she blew me off. And I had never, I had no inclination that thing was there at the time until I got a picture of it uh, hovering above that guy. But I I just assumed that has to be what she's talking about. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that's the only, yeah, that's the only thing I've seen that would even come close to it. Right. You know, because everything else was, you know, just a regular person. This thing was, no, nah, it was absolute skeleton. Wow. Yeah, so I'm assuming that's what she was referring to. Mm-hmm. Everett, thank you for sharing your stories. Keep in touch. If you want to come back on and share more, you have an open invite. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. Before we get to our curiosity of the week, I would like to thank A. Hemmings for their PayPal donation. Thank you so much. It's a great help. Further tips on zombie by Joe Carson, and others. This how to deal with zombies? It's a, it's a zombie training manual. manual. No, it's a, uh, it's a very interestingly named how-to guide for stage magicians doing what they call a zombie act. The magician weaves a strange and fantastic story about zombies. He tells about a mystic silver sphere that these zombies must have about them day and night, about the ghostly and radiant power that this ball has locked within itself and that this amazing sphere gives the zombie another form of life after he or she is dead. So it's basically a, your tips on, a, on doing a zombie act as a stage magician. Everyone needs a side hustle. It's fully illustrated, so you can uh, learn some stage magic if you'd like, some illusionist tricks, if you will, or it certainly makes a really cool curiosity and a cool book. Further tips on zombie. It's a booklet printed by the Abbott Magic Manufacturing Company from 1963. I always imagine those places being like like a shop somewhere in New York City that somehow got in on some cheap rent like 150 <laughs> years ago, and just the same person's been working there ever since, and they don't really need to make money at this point, and they're kind of angry when you show up. And yeah, how is your business as a magic supply company? We briefly or, sorry, had magic one, manufacturing company. I believe we had one in York very briefly. Really? Yeah, like so, back in the like No, recently. Recently. Yeah. Wow. There's enough illusionists to support companies that just deal in If they in, were out in the open, it wouldn't be really that so illusionary, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> On the inside back cover seven additional ideas for zombie. So uh it, it is a say fifty eight, fifty nine, about a sixty page booklet. 
on uh, further tips on zombie. Has a kind of cool 1950s graphics, even though it was printed a little later. It does, yeah. Joe Carson's pictures in it. You know, picture. He looks like an official magician. You he can looks, tell from the outfit. He looks magician-y for mm-hmm. sure. So if you go to our show notes for this episode at strangefamiliars.com, you will see a picture of this. You can click on that. It'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. Also at Etsy, Strange Familiars t-shirts, patches. All of my books are in stock right now. If you order them from Etsy, they do come signed by me. I have some artwork up there, but I'll be adding more soon. You can definitely get prints of my artwork there and much more. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up while you're on Etsy. Make sure to check out Rock Rabbit Outdoors, where Chad has various woodsman-y tools and woodsman-y things <laughs> and wool and such. His stock changes because he, he deals in a lot of vintage stuff and a lot of handmade stuff. So you got to kind of keep checking Chad's shop out at Rock Rabbit Outdoors if you're into that. And of course, Karmic Garden is on Etsy. I got notifications this week that Karmic Garden added new items. So make sure to check out our friends at Karmic Garden. They definitely have Strange Familiars and Flannel Man scents. They let us pick the Strange Familiar scent. We were not consulted on the Flannel Man scent. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine, but yet, I feel like I should have had some input on the Flannel Man scent. Or at least you, having seen Flannel Man. Yeah, I didn't smell him, though. That's true. He wasn't wearing anything. <laughs> I think Dave. Dave was the first guy we had on to talk about Flannel Man, I think, other than you. Mm-hmm. I know he said he climbed out of bed and, when he was a kid and, like, touched the boots because mm-hmm. he thought they were his brother's boots. I think he said he could smell, like, the oil and the leather as well. But I imagine, like, a pine scent. Flannel man smells like pine. Yeah, from chopping down all the trees. Mm-hmm. Could be. Or sweat. Wood smoke. I'm listening to the audiobook of Dune right now. And the sort of witches, they, they call them the Bene Gesserits in Dune, they have this power to suggest to people like to do things and people w- will do what they say before they know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like the, the person was sort of describing what, what they were feeling when she, she ordered this person to do something. And he said, it's like, I just did it before I even thought about it. And it made me think of jumping Frenchman so much. Like if you remember back to our mm-hmm. jumping Frenchman episode, I, I was like, wow, it's like it really kind of, that's the way those guys described it. They, you could tell them to jump. And before they thought about it, they would jump, you know? So to me, it lent power to this sort of uh, element in the Dune audiobook. Call back to the Jumping Frenchman episode. <laughs> Don't know the number, but you can find it. One of the more interesting Flannel Man connections, I think we found. All right. I want to thank everybody who has supported us by getting the Witch Cloud. It's still available. You can still get it. Stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Look for the Witch Cloud. I think it's the most recent thing up there. Patrons, you will get a show very soon. Everyone else, we will be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stonebreath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word. And you can always find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Shall we spin the bottle now, or shall we spin the sky instead? 
The seaward raking brings us then beneath the winding well, beneath the clouds, beneath the sun, or beneath the falling rain. Beneath the woven branches high, and through the fields of grain.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.